The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Brent Rollins, Tug Cowart, this is Bulldogs by the Numbers. We're doing a special George Pickens edition of Bulldogs by the Numbers because the news that George Pickens had torn his ACL reverberated through Dog Nation like nothing I've seen in quite some time. Brent, do you feel like this is the kind of story, like it has the same gravity as going to the national championship? They felt the same way to me with how big this George Pickens story was. And it was because you had such a positive hype train rolling this offseason. Basically, your entire offense back, basically your entire coaching staff back. There's no massive change there. And you feel like you have a quarterback in place that can do the things you want to do and put you at the level you want to be at offensively. I was disheartened, too, just because I'm a fan of great football. More than anything, I want to watch great players do their thing on Saturdays and Sundays and watch great football. And and it's just hard when a guy is that talented, you just won't get to see him play. Yeah, it was tough, man. My son and I, Jacob and I, got the notification at the same time, and we just looked at each other. And we were like, how could this be? That's what I want to get into. Like, what is it that we have to do? I say we as if I've ever taken a snap at the University of Georgia. What is it that the University of Georgia has to do to make up for the loss of George Pickens? Let's go through some of his data from last season. When you think about the player, that's obviously the first thing that goes to your mind is that it just stinks for the kid. When you look back at his career, this will be the first year he's had a spring practice. Enrolling in the summer, COVID canceled the previous spring. So this was really his first true spring practice, really honing in on the craft and doing all the finer details because we know he can go get the ball when it's in the air. He caught 93, running right around 93% of catchable targets. Uh, he only had three drops in his career. And, and especially we saw it over those last four games once JT Daniels was inserted quarterback, 23 catches on 32 targets, 373 yards, four TDs. And he was just highlight real catch after highlight real catch. I think that's just the most disappointing thing is that you knew you had, from a talent perspective, your most talented receiver likely since A.J. Green, and he was that number one guy for you, and you just now you don't get to see him. Do you feel like that he will ever play at the University of Georgia again? I don't, unless, unless. I think the only unless is that you get to September, even maybe early October, and you're, quote, way ahead of schedule. And things are going in a direction where you think maybe, just maybe, he could come back in a you know, for a SEC championship game slash playoff. He, he's going to be a kid who I think ends up in next spring's draft, and you know, and definitely trending that way. And yeah. given the injury, I think he rehabs the injury, does as much as he can, and then once it gets to a certain point, once he's sort of deemed healthy, and I don't even know that you would. I, I just I don't see it happening. How do you replace? George Pickens and what he means to this offense for UGA this upcoming season? Well, I think first and foremost, you don't replace the talent. Like his talent, his ability to go get the ball in the air are 
unparalleled. He was elite at that skill and, and something that you, you just don't have necessarily on your roster. Like even when we look at uh, go routes that he ran in his career, 22 go routes deemed catchable. He caught 19 of them. Mm. So he, he's going to come down with it. That talent you it can't re-replace. However, though, the routes that he ran, the targeted routes that he had in his career, basically 70% of those, well, f- about 40% was just a straight go route. You know, I'm going down the field. I'm going to be faster than you. I'm going to jump and catch the ball. Another 30% are hitch routes where it's I'm going deep and then all of a sudden, you know, get you thinking I'm going deep and then boom, break off and come back towards the quarterback. Three, Almost three quarters of his route tree was either go straight down the field or go straight down the field, stop and come back to the quarterback. That can be replaced, the threat of that. And you have someone specifically is Arian Smith. You know, he's running track at Georgia right now, type speed and Matthew Bowling, you know, type speed. So that's from a go route perspective and, you know, pressuring the defense, making the defense think that, hey, this is somebody who can get behind you and push the safety back a couple extra steps or make him think twice about leaving that side of the field. That's a guy to me who you look at uh, for, for that type of threat and placement in the offense. So what about guys that can do maybe some of the things that George Pickens did, guys that we can go to and get the ball vertical because that's what Georgia wants to do with their offense. Who is it that's going to be the guy that steps in? Uh, like you said, nobody can replace George Pickens' talent, but who steps in, do you feel like, and becomes the go-to receiver? Certain position groups, receivers, defensive backs, those two position groups to me are much like a starting rotation in a baseball, on a baseball team. Having that number one guy helps everybody else fall into place. It allows number two to go against number two, so on and forth, so forth down the line. Now, in terms of who that replacement becomes, I think first and foremost, Jermaine Burton. You know, when you think about him as a freshman coming in, starting as a true freshman, the season that he had, he had some ups and downs, some issues, some you know penalties in the, in the run game and screen game. And on the whole, he had a very solid season when you think about true freshman in the SEC. And actually, when you think about, and this is one comparison I made to him last week, when you look at someone like Jamar Chase, who's about to be top 10 type pick, maybe even the first receiver taken in the, in the draft this spring. Chase was a, you know right around six foot, 200, a little over 200 pounds, 68.6 receiving grade, 23 catches, 300 yards, three touchdowns as a true, as a freshman at LSU before his big, you know, breakout year as a sophomore in 2019. Burton, right around that same sort of physical profile, very proficient route runner and, you know, works physical at the catch point, physical off the line of scrimmage, you know, those type of traits that Chase possess, I think he possesses as well. But, you know, obviously that's yet to be determined. We And we hope to, you sort of hope to see that as opposed to it being a certain. Uh, but he's he's the one that I think will step into the Pickens at least position and role initially. But you also have Kyrus Jackson in the, in the middle of the field in the slot, very dependable, goes down the field, gets the ball, and was there all season. I think he caught 75% of his targets. I think him and Burton had ex- almost exactly the same target numbers so those two guys are going to be there you get back dominic blaylock from injury you know hopefully is there and sure. show them some of the promise that he showed as a true freshman so there's there's guys there's talent and depth you still have the starting quarterback this wasn't <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that i'm thinking about when looking at this you know injury and and what it means is all right my quarterback is still in place now the second po- sort of positive part is it happened on in march not week five Another guy that comes to mind, because you brought up Dominic Blaylock, who's coming off an injury, Marcus Rosemi Jackson. He's recovering from the injury after the Florida game. Where does that kid stand? I, 
I think from what I've last heard, he's sort of you know straight line running and working in that realm. But I think he's going to be healthy for for fall camp, and he is another name, the next name I, after the three that I just listed, where you're like, okay, this guy can step up. And when you think about the Florida game that he had the touchdown before he obviously got his leg reworked, he was playing well in that game, and he started in place of Pickens in that game. And, and was doing a lot of things and you saw him getting more and more time each week. You saw him on special teams a lot, which if you, and making plays on special teams, that's obviously going to endear him to this, to this staff and to Georgia's coaching staff. So he's definitely, and when, from a physical profile, when you think about sort of size, speed, ability to just be that Javon Wims, cager type 50, 50 ball guy, he profiles as that. So, you know, obviously we haven't seen a lot of it. You know, we're thinking more back to his high school tape and things of that nature, but he's definitely, to me, the, the next guy in line. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers. Tug Cowart, along with Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus as well. He's UGASports.com. Let's go from guys that are wide receivers and use the passing game with tight ends and running backs. How do you see that playing out now that George Pickens will not be a part of the re- at least the regular season, probably not any of the season, but if you're being optimistic – maybe a SEC championship or a playoff game. What about the guys that aren't labeled wide receivers? What's interesting when you look back at their season, you think, all right, JT Daniels comes in and we start throwing the ball around a little more and, and we feel we have a little more success in the passing game that, oh, there'd be more receivers in the field. Well, it actually wasn't the case. Georgia, the amount of time they used 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, two receivers, actually went up about 12, almost 12% when JT Daniels was in the lineup. So those last four games, they were about a four, close to 40% 12 personnel, two tight ends on the field. So Darnell Washington, now it's 275 to 280 pound Darnell Washington. I don't know if you saw that note from a practice note that Kirby was talking about after, after practice last week. You know, you hope that that more and more growth, that sort of sophomore leap for Washington. John Fitzpatrick there as well. Heard a lot of good things about true freshman Brock Bowers as a, as a receiving threat. So you, I think you're going to see more and more of the tight end used in the passing game. And I think you'll continue to see that high level of 12 personnel, especially early in the season uh, from Georgia. All right, let's talk about the running backs since we got a uh, healthy stock of running backs. You got a guy like Cook that's got great hands. You're not going to a lot of times get the explosive down the field plays with them. Now you've seen, a, you saw a few, like the Cook long touchdown against Alabama. Cook got a touchdown against Missouri. And then McIntosh had a big catch against Tennessee that were sort of explosive plays from the running backs. But using them in the passing game, I, I think what you've seen for all of them, all four to five of them, whoever is whoever's in the game, can do the job and can catch the ball and do things. Now, obviously, you look to Cook and then Kenny McIntosh as the ones who had that role the most. Between the two of them combined, they caught 26 and had 26 receptions on 33 targets, you know, a little over 330 yards, and a couple and a couple of James Cook touchdowns. Those two have shown time and time again that they can be explosive out of the backfield. And you know, specific game, obviously, put him out wide. And just let him go straight down the field if he gets that linebacker matchup. I think you'll see more and more of that as well. Where do you feel like, in light of everything that's happened, you said you still got your quarterback, your number one target, your number one guy, your ace, if you will, if you're making the baseball comparison like you did, he's gone. You know, it's like Mike Soroka dropping out for the Braves last year. Their number one guy injures himself. Where do you see the Bulldogs this season? How do you see this playing out? What's your what's your gut tell you about Georgia this season? Because, I mean, I think most people think Georgia is a national championship contender. I don't think that changes. I don't think it changes one bit. 
obviously with the quarterback there and then year two within your offensive coordinator having an entire spring with now your offensive coordinator you know that same offensive coordinator in place which by the way is the first time it's happened in four years Cheney, then Coley, then then Monk. And so you have I still think they should match the passing yardage or the yardage per game numbers or break uh, the single season school record in that. And I think they should break the school record in points per game, which I think is both from 2012 or 2013, right around 38 points a game, you know, 400 some yards, 400 up or 400 yards a game. I, I still think that that's you should expect from this offense. I just think there's too many weapons. There's too much talent for them not to be really, really good. I want to hit another quick deficiency. It's on the other side of the ball, and that's the secondary. Because I know a lot of people are concerned there. They're, what, what did Kirby say? Coach Kirby Smart said everybody on the team is possibly a corner or possibly going to play yep. corner. Give it a, I'm going to give everybody a look. So how do you how do you see that shaking out? Is that something that could be even more detrimental to the Bulldogs this season than even losing a guy like George Pickens? It becomes the key to their defense because, you know, Time and time again, I think we've discussed this about how much passing sort of matters more in this in the grand scheme of things, and offense matters more in the grand scheme of things. Thus, the ability to slow the passing game. But I think you have talented players there. You have a coaching staff that is secondary focused and has proven over the over time to 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 develop players within the secondary. I mean, look at what Eric Stokes is going to, about to be picked in the NFL draft. Like, not heavily recruited guy and now is going to be a you know, top 50, top 60 pick in the NFL draft. So I think there's things there to feel positive about, but it is going to be a concern and it gets, it's going to get tested game one against Clemson. How do you see that game shaking out? Because there's word that they may not play that game in Charlotte because of the way Charlotte and uh, the state of North Carolina is handling the COVID protocols, not allowing enough people in the stadium. They may move that around. Not that that's going to matter necessarily, but how do you see that game playing out, Georgia versus Clemson? The biggest thing for that game will be the line of scrimmage. I think you have to look back at the Clemson-Ohio State game uh, from the playoff. And Ohio State completely dominated them at the line of scrimmage. And Clemson just couldn't do what they wanted to do, both in the passing game and then defending Ohio State because of that domination at the line of scrimmage. You know, Clemson has basically their entire defense back. Their defensive line is going to be one of the best in the country. And then obviously their offensive line loses a few guys and they obviously don't have Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback anymore. So I think – that game will be a line of scrimmage game as much as anything. But, you know, depending upon – I think there's one key that will have kind of yet to be determined, and that's Justin Ross's availability and if he's there. If he's suited up and playing and good to go, that's one guy to me who can change that game because of what he brings to the receiver position for Clemson. There's a lot of hope, and then there's a lot of question marks. I guess it's like every college football season. The East – lost a lot florida loses almost their entire offense and the rest of the teams i don't think are going to pose much of a threat yet in an sec championship game and who that who that opponent is that that one will be interesting because i think there's some the the west while obviously it's normally alabama it it could be who knows because they they have uncertainty at the quarterback position even though it's going to be somebody who's highly recruited yeah Uh, but it's going to be an exciting season and to me, the first game makes it even that much more exciting. Yeah, it does. And because it's just, you know, big, big games. Big games are fun. Yeah, if, they you know, are. When you, if you open the season against uh, directional state, 
you know, university. <laughs> yes, just, not nearly as fun. It's, it's it, not as fun. There's not there's no. not much to look forward to. But this year, you definitely will, man. With uh, with Clemson and hopefully closing with Alabama or whoever it is in the West in the SEC championship, and then making it to the playoffs. That's the uh, the goal. I'm going to tell you where you can uh, read Brent's work. It's at ugasports.com and pff.com. That's Pro Football Focus. Subscribe there. You get the college grades for $30 a year. Premium starts at $120 at ugasports.com, where I'm a member. $99.95 a year, and that's insider information, recruiting, and everything that is Georgia Bulldogs. We appreciate you checking out Bulldogs by the Numbers. Follow the podcast Park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.